Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the Pursuit of Balance, Wisdom, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about taking stock. It's actually going to be a part of uh, a new thing that we do. Every now and then, we are just going to take a personal inventory. We're going to take stock of our lives, where we're at, and um, just make sure that we're, we're trying to... Uh, really evaluate what it is that we're doing. So today, we're going to do something I've never done before. The Enneagram. Yes. So we originally were going to be talking about uh, the idea of strengths turned up too loud. And as we did a little bit more research, we realized, well, we can't really jump into talking about people's strengths if they haven't really learned what their own strengths are. And so we want to take a few steps backwards and kind of start a series on what it looks like to take personal stock. So this is uh, taking stock part one, the Enneagram. Um, Seth is not as familiar with Enneagram as I am, and I don't want to be yet another podcast, another person talking about the Enneagram, but I know there might be some people that are listening that they have heard me reference that I'm a one on Enneagram, or I think Seth's this on Enneagram. I'm perfectionist, whatever it might be. I don't want people uh, that maybe have never heard of it just to be in the dark. So there's, I bet 90% of people that are listening have heard it and have heard it to death at this point. And so I hate to beat a, beat a dead horse. But for those who haven't, I want to kind of gloss over some things. So this will not be a comp- comprehensive look at the, at, at the Enneagram. What I want to do today is take a look at a way, if you haven't found out your, your, your Enneagram type, your number, here's the way that I like to do it. So first, the Enneagram, even the word sounds funny. I think it has a bad connotation because we have like, it's like the, what is that Satan thing? That's something about a gram, a pentagram, the pentagram. It just feels weird. Well, the Enneagram is literally, um, it's, it's Greek. Ennea means nine and gram means something that's drawn or written. So nine things that are drawn or written. It's actually a, it's, it's a shape. If you look at it, it's a nine uh, sided shape, uh, to go along with the nine different personality types. Uh, and so it's, it, it is all about it. It is all about motives. Uh, it's trying to assess what motives, what motives um, you you use to get to a certain place, and so it's different than other ones like Myers Briggs or Strength Finders, this, that, and the other. It's it's about evaluating your motives. So in the Enneagram, there are nine types. They're, uh, and they're one through nine and they're not in any particular order. It, it not, it's not to say that nine is better than one or one is better than nine. There's nothing like that. It's just a, it just uses numbers to get through them. And so briefly, there's uh, Enneagram one, which is the perfectionist, uh, Enneagram two, which is the helper, Enneagram th- three, the performer, four is the romantic or the uh, individual, five is the investigator, six is a loyalist, seven, the enthusiast, eight, the challenger, and nine, the peacemaker. All these stand for different things. And uh, the, the, basically the thing about this is, again, th- not one of them is not better than the other. Here's, a, here's an example of it. So, so even cleaning your house, you could have nine different Enneagram, Enneagram people clean their house, but, but have nine different motives for getting there. For like for me, I clean the house because I'm a perfectionist. I want, it to, I want it to be in order. I get very stressed when my house is in disarray. I like perfection. I like things to be where they go. So that's why I want it to be clean. Sandy, my wife, is a peacemaker. She cleans the house because she knows that I like it. It's peaceful. It, it brings peace to, the, to her that she knows that I'm not stressed because the house is dirty. Whereas like somebody who's a three, a performer or an achiever, they clean it so that it looks good. It makes them look good. So again, we all do the same things, but we get there from nine different ways. And I've been doing a lot of talking right now, but I want to segue, uh, Seth, you're not really sure where you are on the Enneagram. No, I'm not really sure where I'm at. And all I know is that people could just come up telling me I'm different numbers and, uh, it's been confusing. Um, but it's, it's 
I'm glad we're doing this and taking stock of basically me because when we were discussing the idea of strengths turned up too loud, what, what happens when some of the things that we're really good at kind of just go overboard? And then it made me realize, well, do I really know what my strengths are? I, I know what compliments I get. Um, I know the things I like to do. But to really say, this is my strength, I, I'm not really sure. I know what my weaknesses are. Um, and I know where I need to improve, but sometimes in trying just to improve your weaknesses, it, it really doesn't do anything. So, um, it's, it's very interesting what you're talking about when, when just hearing it off the, you know, right off the back, I've never heard the descriptions that go along with each of the numbers, but my first thought was, oh, I'm a loyalist because I know I'm very loyal, but that's probably deceiving is what I would assume because once you started giving the cleaning analogy, um, yeah, I, I kind of go with the three because I don't want, I mean, I would dread and I do dread someone coming into my house and seeing it a wreck. So I'm performing for them. Case in point, my mother-in-law came over to take care of, uh, our, our little boy cash, uh, for the day. And the first thing I thought of was like, oh, our kitchen's a wreck. The living room's a wreck. Now, granted, it's a wreck because all of our kids are getting ready for school. They're trying to eat breakfast. They're trying to get out the door as soon as possible. And we're also trying to, you know, take care of Cash and all of his little baby toys on the ground. But in my mind was, my mother-in-law's here. I've got to, and the house is a wreck. So maybe maybe I do identify with that three. Um, I, don't, I have no clue. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing. You're talking about loyal. All nine types can be loyal. Here's a, so I like they say it this way, and 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 again, we're not going to cover everything. We're not even going to begin to cover everything in this podcast. I would encourage you uh, to go read uh, the book that I'm going to be pulling this stuff from, "The Road Back to You" by Ian Morgan Cron and uh, Suzanne Sabil. Really, really great book. It's a primer on it, and there's all kinds of podcasts you can listen to. So again, I'm not going to cover everything, but they talk in the book about how when you go to like Home Depot and you're looking for paint, you know, there's there's like how many Roy G. Biv. There's seven primary colors, or however it goes. I'm going to get that all wrong. I feel like an idiot even saying that out loud, but there's however many primary colors. But then when you go to Home Depot, there's literally a million colors to choose from because there's so many different shades of the same color. So within a one, there's, you know, there could be a hundred different kinds of people that are a one that can come to the same place with these motivations. So I don't want to paint with broad strokes here, uh, just, but just to give you an idea. So let me ask you this question. Why should I care about the Enneagram? Why, why, are, why are you into the Enneagram? I mean, because there are all of these tests out there and, you know, are you a, a golden retriever, or otter, stuff like that. And I've always kind of put a hand out against them because I felt like I was being boxed in and someone would be like, oh, that's how you are. You're an I, you're an A, you're an S, you're a C or whatever. So why should I, what, what convince me into getting into the Enneagram? That is a really great question, Seth. Um, here's what I love about the Enneagram. Not only does it help me to have better inventory of who I am and to better understand myself and in doing so cut myself a lot of slack, but two, it has made me realize the fact that not everybody is like me. 
it took me a while to realize that these really critical thoughts I have of myself are not normal. They're not the same thoughts that are, that are circling through Sandy's brain. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I didn't realize that I wasn't the only one that is that I, I just assumed that everybody thought this way. So it's helped me to kind of cut myself some slack. And then two, when you learn what other people are and their numbers, it helps you to communicate with them better. So when I learned really who Sandy was as a peacemaker and the things that she needs to hear and that she needs uh, communicated to her uh, to make her feel safe or valued, it has made our relationship better. So she's a peacemaker and a peacemaker by nature, they are always trying to make sure their environments are comfortable and safe and tensions are, are low. And so to do that, they'll often ignore themselves to make sure everybody else is comfortable. And so Sandy really needs to hear that in a room, her presence matters. It, it matters that she's there. And so I actually have to say that to her regularly. Like, babe, it was great that you were there for that because she'll often be be moving and making things go other people's way just so she keeps the peace and she may not get her say. And so I want to make sure that she has space to get her own opinion out because, again, she will be selfless uh, or maybe self, selfish, whatever it might be, to, to keep that peace, whatever is going to keep her happy. So just understanding people better. People that like, so when you deal with somebody who has a lot of very red energy, uh, they might be an eight on the Enneagram. They might be a challenger. And so I've worked with challengers and I start to feel like maybe they're, maybe they're mean or they're rude or they're just really confrontational. And you think that that's just who they are. It's like, well, that is part of who they are. But then you learn it's not personal for them. That's their communication. Like somebody who's a challenger, they need to kind of hash things out in a rough sort of way, but it isn't personal. And so when I learned that and learned that when, with dealing with somebody who is a challenger, that the best way to communicate with them is just putting it right back in their face, bring it right back strong with them. And that's not personal. They actually, they vibe and feed off of that. It's helped me communicate with people in my life that I used to kind of kind of avoid, honestly. So again, taking stock of myself and others helps me both internally and externally to communicate better and have really a better self image. Is it, is it, uh, a place for you to, or a way in which you're understanding people's motive or drive. I, you know, personality is a real big catch-all. You know, like, and I help you know understand their personality, understand my personality. But if you dive deeper, is it understanding your own drive, your own motive? Yes. Yes. It helps you kind of be more, again, aware of what your motives are. And then again, aware of what other people's are. So one of my best friends in the world, Gary Longenecker is a guy, he used to be my boss. And so we used to really struggle when we would travel together because I didn't know this. I didn't know what a six was, a loyalist. Uh, sixes are very aware of risk. They're very risk aware and they like to be very prepared. Well, I get really stressed out when somebody wants to plan a lot of little details. I'm like, it'll be, my nature is, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Like, I'll, I'll leave for the airport at the very last minute and I'll get there and it'll be just fine. Whereas Gary wants to leave three to seven to 12 hours early. And it's like, why are we doing this? Yes. I'm not a six then. I wing it like crazy. So, but, but then my realizing. My goal is to be late to the airport. <laughs> For Gary, I mean, he's vomiting right now if he's hearing that. He's going nuts. But once I learned, oh, that's how he's wired. That's what makes him feel safe. Why would I want to fight against that? That's who he is. And so it helps me to realize, oh, that's just how we're, that we need to adjust our relationship accordingly and just cut each other slack. Uh, so, and then he gets onto me for being uber critical and seemingly never satisfied. So once we again, learn the way that we're wired, these are not bad things. This is just the way that we're wired and, and, and calling it what it is and being okay with it has been really, really helpful in my relationships. I love it. Okay. All right. So, uh, what am I? So, 
there are a lot of tests that you can take, but I don't always love the tests. I think you're like me, Seth. We've talked about this. We're kind of jack of all trades, master of none. I feel like I often break tests. I, like literally the first time I took one of these tests, it did not have an answer for me. It, it said we couldn't come up with an answer. I was like, well, this is, this is junk. And I, think I tried to write off the Enneagram at first thinking it was just dumb. But eventually, uh, with the help of Sandy, I came around uh, to the idea of the Enneagram and I got the book, um, the, the Road Back to You. And this is now my new favorite way to help people figure out who they are, because the book is really pretty simple. It's more or less nine chapters where it describes at, at a good amount of length how, how the nine different um, types work. But at the beginning of each chapter, it has 20 questions and they, they, with the, with the uh, title, What's It Like to Be a Whatever Number? And so I think that you are either a two or a three. So what I want to do is ask you 20 questions quickly about being a two. And I want to see which one, two or three, you resonate with the most. Are these yes, no answers for me? Do you want a long description? Do I, am I journaling It's really here? brief. We're going to try to make this fast so we don't bore people to death. Okay. So, um... And even you, you may not even have to answer them all. Like I'll just keep going and at the end. You just feel like, man, how, how do I feel about that? And then we'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll go to a three and just kind of see where you land on these. Okay. So another thing about, about the Enneagram is they have what's called wings. So if you're a two, you could either have a one wing or a three wing. So it's, it's possible that you're a two with a three or a three with a two, one of the two. Okay. But based on what I know about you, uh, and I think others would agree. So what's it like to be a two? When it comes to taking care of others, I don't know how or when to say no. I'm a great listener, and I remember the stories that make up people's lives. Yes. I'm anxious to overcome misunderstandings in a relationship. Yes. I feel drawn to influential or powerful people. Yes. People think I'm psychic because I usually know what other people need or want. Mm. I'll answer that for you. Yes. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes. I you're an incredible helper. You always have whatever somebody needs. Even people I don't know well share deep stuff about their lives with me. It seems like people who love me should already know what I need. I need to be acknowledged and appreciated for my contributions. I'm more comfortable giving than receiving. Yes. That's definitely you. I like my home to feel like a safe and welcoming place for family and others. Yes. I care a great deal what other people think about me. I want people to think that I love everyone, even though I don't. <laughs> that's funny. That's a, that's a diving question. I like it when the people who love me do something unexpected for me. And some of these is just part of being a human. Uh, lots yeah. of people ask me, ask, lots of people ask me for help and it makes me feel valuable. What people ask me, uh, when people ask me what I need, I have no idea how to answer. That's yeah. That is very me. Yeah, when because I'm, I feel like I'm going to be a burden. Not a, yeah, but go ahead. Yes, yes. When I'm tired, I often feel like people take me for granted. Mm. People say my emotions can feel over the top. No, it doesn't sound like you at all. Mm -mm. I feel angry and conflicted when my needs conflict with others. No. Sometimes it's hard for me to watch movies because I find it almost unbearable to see people suffer. No. I worry a lot about being forgiven when I make mistakes. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. 20. Okay. How does that feel to you? Well, a, a lot earlier on, it was like, yes. And then towards the end, it was definitely no. Uh, but like you said, some of those things are just about being a human. Yeah. But for me, as I read that, not being a two, very few of those resonated with me. Okay. Well, those, a lot of them resonated with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And now okay. that was two. That's two. Now we're three. That is maybe. the helper. The and helper. so now this is a three, which would be the performer or the achiever. Okay. It's important for me to come across as a winner. 
Yes. I love walking in a room and knowing I'm making a great first impression on the crowd. Oh, yeah. I could, I could persuade Bill Gates to buy a Mac. That'd be an awesome challenge. The keys to my happiness are efficiency, productivity, and being acknowledged as the best. Yes. One, one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when people slow me down. I know how to airbrush failure so it looks like success. I'd rather lead than follow any day. I am competitive to a fault. I can find a way to win and connect with just about anyone. I'm a world champion multitasker. I keep a close watch on how people are responding to me in the moment. Now, a lot of these I'm connecting with. Yeah. It's hard for me to take work. It's hard for me not to take work along on vacation. Mm. It's hard for me to name or access my feelings. Uh-huh. That sounds like you. Yeah. I'm not one to talk about my personal life. That's true. Mm. I, I, I keep a lot of stuff close to the chest. We've talked about this one. Sometimes I feel like a phony. Yep. An mm. imposter. Definitely. I love setting and accomplishing measurable goals. Mm-hmm. I like other people to know about my accomplishments. No, that is not you. No, that's not me. I'd like to be seen in the company of successful people. I don't mind cutting corners if it gets the job done more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, you charge at things. Yeah. People say I don't know how or when to stop working. Hmm. So of those two, those two series of questions, what do you think you vibe with more? I think I vibe more with the three. However, the one thing that I don't vibe with the most on the three is, is this need that other people know that I'm the best. Yeah. Some of, some of those things, I think there was one at the beginning where it said, um, I forget what it was, but I, I, I resonated about productivity mm-hmm. um, because one of the things I do when I come home and Hannah asks me, how was your day? I rate it based off of how productive I felt. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for about a, a little while now. And she was like, how was your day? I'm like, it was all right. She's like, why? I didn't feel as productive. And a lot of like, man, I had a great day. It was because I felt like I checked a lot off the list mm-hmm. and I got a lot done. And I am fine with uh, cutting corners and not being a perfectionist if I can get the job done. Um, yeah, so I resonated with that one a lot. But this, this idea of like I need people to recognize me, I don't connect with that. That is, so I would say, I would say that, so it talks about in the book about healthy threes, average threes, and unhealthy threes. I think unhealthy threes... I, well, I think threes in general on the Enneagram get a pretty bad rap um, because they often can come off as somebody who's insincere and that need praise and that need, hey, everybody, look at me. See, I don't need that. But some of the things that they, they, the questions were in there were about uh, being successful um, or I'd rather lead than follow any day. No, I, I'd rather, I want to be around influence and successful people most likely have the most influence. So I want to be wherever I can make change and I'm totally fine. In fact, the majority of my life has been about supporting and not leading or in, in, in terms of being the face or out front. So, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where I I don't know. I mean, I do connect, I do, I do connect with a, a lot of the two, but in terms of achieving and wanting to get things done, yeah, I, I do connect with that. But people, I don't feel like people need to know this. But this is great. This is, I'm glad you're asking me these questions because this is part of taking stock. Exactly. And, and we all need to take stock. We all need to, to stop and just 
and and really realize, okay, who am I? I think people that that oh, I don't want to do the Enneagram or I don't want to do Myers Briggs or whatever the other ones is, uh, uh, temperaments or the colors or the animals. They oh, it's stupid. Well, that that's 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 them being kind of ignorant, honestly. Because if you don't want to know who you are and how God's made you, then you can't you can't reach your full potential. Because until you know what your strengths are and your weaknesses are and you identify them, you can't operate out of your best place. And so I I, I love this kind of stuff. And I feel honestly feel like a total dork talking about it, like in a table of people who all care about it. Because like, oh well, my three wing and my nine this. And it's like, oh my gosh, it sounds so very millennial millennially. But I honestly really do love it. So here here's what a healthy three is for you. So healthy threes have transcended the goal of merely looking good and are moving towards being known and loved for who they are, not what they accomplish. They still love to set goals, rise to challenges, and solve problems, but their self-worth is not tied to these things. They try to balance their abundant energy between work, rest, and some kind of contemplative practice, recognizing the importance of being, recognizing the importance of being instead of doing. They feel valuable, which unleashes a tender benevolence that is focused on the common good. That's good. That's good. I think that you're a pretty healthy human being. And so I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like, here's like an unhealthy, unhealthy threes find failure unacceptable, which renders them unable to admit mistakes and causes them to behave as though they are superior to others. This desperate for attention. These threes may turn the deadly sin of self-deceit into the sin of intentional deceit, telling others fabricated stories about themselves and their accomplishments in order to maintain their image at their worst. Unhealthy threes can be petty, mean, and vengeful. So when you say unhealthy, is that your strength turned up too loud? Yeah, I would say that that would be part of the case. Yeah, see, it's just and it's just a total unawareness of self too. Like you're just not aware of how you're coming off. See, I, I've, I honestly, I, I've never seen myself like that. I've never been, I've never messed up, and someone reprimanded me because I acted that way. Yeah, so, I, I think that again that you you have great parents. You were raised very well. You you your parents have done a good job of honing off a lot of your rough edges. I think that you're probably if you're a three with a two wing, I think you're probably sixty percent three and and forty percent two. And twos are beautiful, beautiful human beings. Everybody's a beautiful human being, but twos are naturally just because they're helpful. It just comes off so beautiful. And so I think uh, I think. I think, well, I think you're a wonderful person. So I just think that a lot of these negative things have been honed off of you because I've been around unhealthy threes and it's not a fun thing to be around because they really just talk to hear themselves talk and they're, they're waiting for their turn to get to talk and they're not listening. And it's, 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 it's very selfish. So I don't see you that way. So what can I do with this information now? So with this information, I would encourage you to read this chapter of the book. The, there's all kinds of stuff in here. So it talks about, um, what happens when you're in stress? Like when threes get stressed, they take on characteristics and behaviors of unhealthy, uh, unhealthy nines. It talks about a lot of stuff. So it talks about basically when you're healthy, this is what things you should see. And when you're unhealthy, these are the signs of your unhealth so that you can work back towards health. It just talk, it talks at length about it. And then it talks about like as a kid, like what did it look like for you as a kid? And what are some of the things that may have damaged you or made you a certain way because you were a kid as, as a three that maybe, maybe somebody didn't notice it and treated you wrong or this, that, and the other. And then it talks about about like when I talked about with Sandy, she needs to hear, um, she needs to hear as a peacemaker that her presence matter. A three needs to hear this. You are loved just for who you are. You don't have to, you don't have to prove it. You don't have to put on an air. You don't have, you are just who you are is enough. And so that's what you need to hear and what's need to be told to you regularly. So did you read this first, then Sandy? Sandy, you read it first, then you? How, how did this play out in your relationship? Sandy uh, read it first. I un- incorrectly diagnosed myself as like a seven. 
uh, which is not who I am. Uh, and so, and then when I read this seven, like, this is not right. I just, I just kind of pondered all off and was, and then bounced from a seven to thinking I was a four. And then finally realizing, wait a minute, I'm a one. And the reason I didn't think I was a one, because the person who in my life said they were a one, she really annoyed me. (laughs) I was like, I can't be that. I definitely can't be that. But then again, there are so many different shades of the same number. And so she's a very different one than I am. Like I'm a perfectionist, but my house is not perfect. I'm not super crazy organized, all these kind of things, but to a degree I am. And so, you know, I, I, it just took me a while to finally get there. And when I fully embraced it, I just read everything I could possibly read about it. I love that. All right. Well, I'm going to start to do more. I'm not going to just use those 20 questions. Uh, I know Hannah is, she's never really done anything about it other than hearing people talk about it or seeing things on social media. Um, so I think that's, it's really important for me to understand what is her drive? What is her motive? What is her shade? Um, because I like, like you were given the example, I've really connected that about your examples with understanding Sandy's, uh, motive and, what it's like for her when she's in a room or a certain environment. Cause I ultimately, I want to lift Hannah up as much as I can and, and also understand myself so that I can communicate better to her and to my kids. Yeah. And for, so again, this book is called the road back to you. That's what everything has come from. And it is fantastic. The audio book is what I listen to. It's really great as well. So again, I think this is a really great way, a quick way uh, to find it without taking one of the tests. And, and the test may very well work for you, but if you're like me, the tests always break. Like I, like on the one, the, the other test, like creative versus uh, technical, I come up at a 50, 50, like I'm literally 50, 50 on everything. So it doesn't really give you any information. So this was my favorite way to do it. And then with your kids, uh, they say not to try and diagnose your kids. Also, they also, one of the golden rules is you shouldn't diagnose other people. So it's wrong of me to tell you whether you're two or three, because only, you know, your motives, only, you know, you know why you clean the house. So only you can know, but your friends can get pretty close. I've watched you. I watched the way that you are incredible. You're, you are a mind reader when it comes to service. I'm thinking, how did Seth know to do that? How is he so prepared to have that thing at the right moment? That's just how you're wired. So I, that's why I went towards two, but again, only, you know, only, you know, your motives. So, uh, but with your kids, they say you can't really know about them until they're a little bit older. So as much as I want to diagnose my kids and think, oh, maybe June, I really do think June is a six because she's very risk aware, incredibly risk aware, which is unfortunate because she's also the clumsiest human being that I've ever met. (laughs) But I don't really know who she is yet. But I really do want to go on that journey with her so that we can communicate the best and she can find out who she is early in life. What number eats you out of uh, house and home? because that's what my kids are right now. Whatever that number is, they're just constantly (laughs) eating. There's not enough food in the house. They are just always hungry. So that's what the number of my kids are. No, but this was really good. I'm glad, and uh, thank you so much. And I do receive all of those uh, words that you've said very positively to me, and I thank you for that. Um, But this was really good. This was really good to take stock and challenge me to take more stock of, of, of who I am and how I'm wired. Um, and I, I hope this segment of taking stock was a good segment and we'll continue to do this in the future, uh, where we'll just push pause on kind of conversations and do more, uh, would you say activities, introspection, introspection. Know, personal yeah, discovery and stock. Yeah. Because we can't operate our be- at our best if we don't know what we're for, like how we're wired. Once you know that, you can really start to go in that direction. All right. So the book that we that you really went over was called The Road Back to You. Um, and it is an, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery. So we really encourage you to go check it out. I'm going to start reading it. I'm going to get Hannah to start looking it over. And uh, we hope this conversation and this diagnosis of me uh, <laughs> was encouraging for you. Until next time.